Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. You know that we are a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of the saints in homes, where possible rotating each week who hosts and rotating who leads, because we recognize that Christ is in each of us. And so we are all living temples of the Holy Spirit. So visit our website, CWOWI.org, and our EU website, I should mention that. I rarely do. It's CWOWI.eu. And anyway, you'll find on our U.S. website lots of videos, 10 videos, question and answer about house church. Sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching that comes out by email on Friday mornings U.S. time on a variety of different subjects. And my monthly newsletter, which comes out around the 20th of each month by email. And that's and it's in those two that we put prophetic things, where I'll be, meetings, conferences, our Zoom online meetings and such. So CWOWI.org. Today asking the question, why doesn't God just snuff out the existence of Satan? And why doesn't he do that to people? I mean, if, if people are going to spend forever in torment, which is far beyond their 50, 60, 70, 100 years on the earth, then why doesn't God just snuff them out? And from that question and that uh, apparent, what it would be perception of unfairness, injustice, uh, reinforcing the idea that God the Father is some angry guy with a uh, a stick in the in the heavens, you know, ready to to beat the lowly creation uh, into submission or something, it kind of reinforces all that. And and let me say this. I don't have all the answers in terms of uh, a person's eternal destiny. I can, before I get into why doesn't he snuff them out and answer that question, let me say this, that hell is a place that was prepared as a, as a place for those who do not want God in their lives. And while many of us Christians find it inconceivable that someone would not want the Lord in, in their lives, it is a apparently clear, it is abundantly clear, excuse me, abundantly clear that there are lots and lots of people who do not want God in their lives. They do not value justice and, and righteousness and holiness and, and uh, truth and everything else. And so, for instance, in Revelation twelve eight, when Satan rebelled, it says there was found no place for him and, the, and their angels. There was found no place for them. And in Matthew 25, 41, Jesus talked about the devil and his angels being cast out, and he said that a place had to be prepared for them. So, you know, you've got to understand that from that perspective, that when that rebellion happened, uh, when Lucifer and the angels rebelled, God, up to that point, only God filled the universe. There there wasn't anything else but love and joy and peace and, and gentleness and patience and meekness and all the qualities of God. God filled the universe. So when those uh, that leader, that cherub uh, named Lucifer, and uh, apparently about a third of the angels rejected that and wanted to have their own kingdom in their own ways, then then and the Lord was filling the universe. What was He to do but to prepare a place where He would withdraw to give them exactly what they wanted? And so what they wanted was a kingdom, and Satan was given a kingdom. Uh, you know, because we're told, Jesus said in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18, but especially Matthew 16, that the kingdom of hell, the gates of hell, will not prevail against the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. That's Revelation, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 16. Uh, you can pick it up about verse 16, 17, 18 through there, where Jesus talks about that. 
And so Satan was given a kingdom, and it was a kingdom exactly what he wanted, a kingdom without God, without uh, honesty, without uprightness, without righteousness, and everything else. And so he was given that. So, so hell is actually prepared as a place for those who don't want God in their lives. And of course, that is a place of torment. Of course it is. Because, I mean, think about, for any Christian listening, what kind of a place were you in before you knew the Lord? And, and, and all the, the questions and the confusion and, and all the, the sin and everything else that you were involved in. So just consider what it was like being in that. So there is a place, God in his mercy, prepared a place for those who don't want him because he's not going to force himself upon anyone. So the question then arises, uh, you know, why doesn't he just snuff out the, you know, Satan? Why didn't he just snuff out their lives just like a, a smoking ca- uh, candle or something or a match, just, just snuff them out? Well, the, the reason, in, in short, the reason is, it, is a, it, it seems to be clear, at least as far as we know it thus far in our walk with God and what's revealed in Scripture, is that spirit beings are forever. And there's a reason for that. You and I are spirit beings, spirit and soul together combined. We live in a physical body. One day we'll have a glorified body, but we're spirit and soul. That spirit and soul is called the heart of man. And you can see in Scripture, sometimes when it mentions the heart of man, sometimes it's emphasizing the soul, sometimes it's emphasizing a person's spirit, the the core of who they are. The spirit man is where we sense our purpose for living. Why are we here? What are we going to do with our lives? And the soul has to do with the emotions and the thoughts when we contemplate down in our hearts. You know, why am I here? What am I going to do next? We contemplate between us. And so spirit and soul can't be separated. They're eternal. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that only the Word of God, the person of the Word of God, Jesus Christ, can separate between spirit and soul, joints and marrow, thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And, of course, Hebrews 4.13 says that all things are open and naked before whom, with whom we have to do, before him with, with whom we have to do. In other words, the word of God in Hebrews 4.12 is not the written scripture on page. It is the person of Jesus Christ. And he alone knows the, the difference between spirit and soul, joints and marrow, thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And he critiques it, Hebrews 4.12 says. So that's eternal. People in heaven right now are spirit and soul um, in there waiting for the redemption of the body, as Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 20 through about 23, 24 says, 22 especially. So the question is, you know, why does it appear that spirits are eternal? Well, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, the author is talking about the, the nature of the Father God. And in verse 9, he says this. He says, we... When we were in our flesh, the fathers of our flesh corrected us, and just say it this way, the fathers of our flesh corrected us. So shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? The father of our flesh corrected us according to the flesh, according to their ways. In other words, our our earth parents, you know, whether they grounded you, spanked you, whatever the case was, depending on your generation, when one thing was acceptable over the next. But they, the earth parents disciplined you accordingly because they're of the flesh. So he says, if the fathers of our flesh corrected us, then the fathers of our spirit will likewise. So if the fathers of our flesh corrected us according to the flesh, then the father of our spirit will correct us according to the spirit. And that's a whole nother topic about the, the, the primary way that the Father God disciplines us, first and foremost, is personally, internally. That conviction we feel when we sin, when we mess up, when we feel that heaviness, we feel that grievance, that is the first step of judging yourself. That's the first step of chastisement, where where the Father deals with you, and then it goes outward from there. And so we find in Hebrews 12, 9, my point is he's the Father of spirits. 
I'll read uh, in Zechariah 12.1, it says that the Lord lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him, Zechariah 12.1. Read you Psalm 104, verse 29. It says, if you hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath and they die and they return to the dust. You send forth your spirit and they are created. So there in Psalm 104, 29, it says that too. In Job 33, 4, Elihu is speaking and he says, The Spirit of God has made me, the breath of the Almighty has given me life. And the breath of the Almighty, the breath could also be translated, the Spirit of the Almighty has given me life. It's pneuma. It is it is the equivalent of, of pneuma where we get pneumonia and, and everything else, pneumatic, that has to do with air. In Isaiah 42, 5, it says, Thus says the Lord, he created the heavens, stretches forth the the heavens and spreads forth over the earth. And he says he gives breath to people, uh, unto the people on earth and spirit to those who walk therein. And Deuteronomy 32, 18 says, of the rock who birthed you, you have forgotten and you've forgotten the God who formed you. So those, those verses are all talking about how God the Father is the Father of our spirit. And so it, it appears because he is life. And because he is love and he is joy and, and, and light and all these things, it appears that spirit beings are eternal. So the question, right, and of course, angels are spirit beings as well. And so, it, you know, it's, in other words, a bug on the sidewalk can be squished and gone forever. And, and they're, but they're not spirit beings. And so it appears that spirit beings live forever. So the, the question, the question then is, is at some later point he going to snuff them out, or is he going to say, "Okay, enough punishment is done, or enough, you know, time, and people will have a chance to repent"? That's all speculation. We don't have any idea. There are many different theories and theologies that come from that. Uh, there's one that that says, you know, that basically everybody ends up in heaven except the worst of the worst people on earth. That's all speculation. What we do know is this: that it, and to answer the the question theologically, is it appears that spirit beings live forever. And that is the reason he doesn't just snuff them out. But in his graciousness, he's found a place for all of those who don't want him in their lives. And yes, it's a place of torment, by its nature, a place of torment. Not something that he is doing to them, but by its very nature, uh, a place of torment. The Lord told me when I was a teenager, he said something I was contemplating, I was probably 16, 17 years old, and he he said this to me, and it, it really helped me as that teenager just grow up in understanding what was what. And he said this, he said, your body gives you authority on the earth, but when your body dies, your spirit and soul automatically become subject to the kingdom you're a citizen of. And that helped me understand there are only two citizenships available. Uh, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son, as it says in Colossians 1, and you read in chapter 1 and verses especially 11, 12, 13, where it says that blessed be the Lord uh, God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, and he says he has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. And so, and so there is that citizenship. One is a place of peace and rest and joy. The other is exactly what the people want, which is a place without God. As they live without God in their lives, they don't want anything to do with him. They don't love righteousness. They don't love truth. Uh, they don't love uh, honesty and all of that. Then he has prepared a place for them because he, they would be in misery in a place like heaven because they hate all of that. They don't want any of that. And and vice versa is too. A person in heaven is not going to want to exist in a kingdom of darkness and, and deceit and lying and 
and everything else in a place that does not love righteousness. So the, the Father in his graciousness has prepared places for each individual, including the angels who already made their decision, uh, so that to give them what they want. So there is the kingdom of light and there is the kingdom of darkness. As to the larger question, like I said, it appears that spirits are eternal. At least that's what we know for now. Perhaps something else will be revealed in the ages to come, but for now, it's appear it's it's what's we, what's clear to us is that spirit beings are eternal, and that's why he doesn't just snuff them out. Uh, he gives them instead a place that they want, either for him or or with a life without him. So anyway, God bless. Hope this answers some things. I know when when, when the Lord talks to me, it's like I always end up with more questions than I have answers, but at least it answers the essence of it right now today. So God bless. C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G.